All right, y'all. Welcome to another segment of. We got a very special guest. We have my guy, Michael Connors, commissioner for middle school basketball league here in New York City. He's been kind enough to join us. The league, I mean, he'll probably give you like a brief thing about the league, but I know it's been running forever. When I had reached out, he was so kind to return my phone call to give me all the information to make sure the school I'm currently at was set up. You know, anything I needed, he's picked up the phone. So there's nothing but love for me to Mike. I really appreciate you coming on right now. What we've been discussing is just a topic of the difference between being toxic and being competitive in that fine lines. You know, I wanted to get your, your expertise as a coach, as a commissioner, you know, all these years. What are some stories you've seen and what, and what, are, what is your take on that topic? Well, I, I thank you, Cameron, for inviting me. And I want to uh, thank your school and uh, all the folks at, in your community for uh, reaching out to us and, and being part of our league, which, as you said, has been around for quite some time. This is our 22nd season coming up. This is our 22nd year. Uh, we, as the New York City Middle School Basketball League, have continue to flourish throughout that time. It was at one point the Bronx Middle School Basketball League where there were only four to six teams and we've gone from four to six teams all the way to almost 400 teams this coming year. And who knows after the pandemic, I'm sure the kids will be uh, itching to play. So it could we could uh, break that 400 uh, team barrier. We're servicing over 7,500 kids. Uh, it's throughout all five boroughs and Disappointingly, we had to cancel our season last March of 2020, and it was right before uh, the Brooklyn finals. We did get the Manhattan finals in, mm -hmm. but we didn't get any of the other boroughs in, and we weren't able to complete the full season and crown a New York City champion. But, you know, getting back to, uh, and I, for all the kids that are out there that, you know, are missing basketball, I, I totally feel your pain. I am itching I to get back <laughs> as much as you are. Uh, yeah. Even though it's a lot of work for Coach Cameron and I and for all the folks that, that you know, do the coaching in the actual gyms and running the admin side of this, it, it is a lot of work, but there is a tremendous uh, joy in it as well. And we, when, when I go to an all-star game or when we put uh, championship games on, I see the, the faces of our, of our children ecstatic to be part of, of a championship uh, Saturday, just it makes it all worthwhile. But yeah, listen, this is a very important topic, Cameron. Um, mm. I do have a bunch of stories and I, we could go on for a, an hour or two with some of the craziness that has happened in 22 years. There is a fine line between, you know, a coach becoming toxic and just being competitive. I always try to, at coaches meetings, impart some of my uh, knowledge and experience and hopefully a little bit of wisdom to coaches to, to get across to them the simple idea that the basketball league and running basketball teams in your school or even at an AAU level, there has to be a, a bigger purpose. There has to be a bigger reason than just playing basketball, which is we're trying to motivate young people, obviously at a school level to you know, uh, motivate people to get better grades and to obviously behave so that they can be part of the team because you know, character and good grades are a big, big part of what we do as a league. And, and sometimes coaches, sadly, they lose sight of that. They have a, a top guard or maybe a, a dominating center. And they say, you know what, I, he, I know he's failing, but I'm going to twist some arms of some teachers to get them to pass. You know, we're doing a disservice to the child as much as anything else. So sometimes 
you know, competition is wonderful and we all love to win. As a coach, it always felt better the day, the night of a win instead of driving home the night of a loss because as a, as a competitor um, and as a coach for almost 15 years of those 22, I had to finally step down as a coach because I just didn't have the time to coach. Mm -hmm. uh, the league was too big. But as a competitor, I, I always told the kids, I will be sadder than you when we lose. I will be more angry than you when we lose. Yeah. So I am a fierce competitor. I hate to lose. Yeah. But that being said, at the end of a game, I always made sure my kids did not blame anybody, including the referees, because that, as I'm sure you've heard, Cameron, <laughs> In your years coaching, that's probably the quickest. <laughs> that's the quickest excuse. It's the referee screwed us. Every game, know? the referee did it. You know, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's 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 it, you know, I I love the I always love the saying, and I told this to my kids um, all the years I coached. You have to be humble in defeat, mm. but you have to be even more humble in victory. victory. We will celebrate when we get to the bus stop, but we're not going to celebrate in anyone else's gym. We will be humble. Mm -hmm. And that's, that always stood to me down to the years of my coach. I never had any issues leaving gyms or uh, having issues with other teams. Because my kids, and all of that, uh, to, to wrap it all up, all of that goes back to prep. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the season, when you get your 20 kids and th that's your squad, you have uh, a meeting with your squad. You have uh, a meeting with your parents if you can or you send something home so that everything is clear as regards, yeah, we're here to win and I want every kid to improve, but the, the goal of my program, the goal of our team is to make your kid, your child, a better person, a better young lady, a better young man, to improve their basketball skills because ultimately we are trying to get them ready so that they can try out for their freshman team in high school. So funny story, Be because of your, your wisdom and how you said set up, you know, the scheduling and the academic responsibilities of teams. One of my fondest memories of that is one of the teams had the forfeit against us. The kids came downstairs getting ready for the game. I said, guys, we're not playing today because the other team had the forfeit. So they're all jumping around, screaming and excited. And I'm like, what, what's up? We're not playing today. They said, coach, that means we were academically eligible and we got all our work done. Screaming at them and fussing at them was all worth it in that moment because they, they finally got it, you know? Right. They finally got and understood the importance of getting their work done, you know, being right. prepared. So it's like, hey, we got to win because we did what we needed to do. It pays off, right? It, it pays, pays off. off. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I think I vaguely remember that story because you, you texted me or we, we talked after it. And, and, yeah. And, listen, when you're having a tough season, you'll take a win anyway. Take, take a win anyway you can. <laughs> can you just give like a brief story? I know you got tons. Can you give like yeah, a brief yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, listen, I, I, got I, toxic? One, yeah. One, one thing that, well, one other thing that I would mention is, you know, yeah. as part of our league and, and this is something maybe for parents and and mm -hmm. and for kids as well, because you know, listen, it's 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 competitive. It's a competitive league. At the end of the season, in every borough, we crown a champion and we hand out a fantastic looking cup to every team. Kids get individual trophies. It's it's so it is competitive. I don't believe in the whole idea of every kid gets a trophy. What knocks you down makes you stronger, and when you fail, it only encourages you to uh, to try harder and work harder. And, you know, the thing is, I always told my kids, even after, especially after a loss, as long as you worked your butts off, as long as you gave me your 100%, you're never a loser to me. Mm -hmm. You never lost a game. I don't care what the scoreline says. 
if you worked your butt off and you did everything that we could, because there's days when the ball just doesn't want to go into the hoop. Yeah. And, you know, and we did everything. We prepped exactly the way we wanted to. One story of, of toxicity is, you know, we, we, the year, the one year that I was lucky enough to win one of these things, uh, we won a Bronx championship uh, back in 2012, which is almost, uh, it's almost 12 years ago now, but well, yeah. um, 10 years ago, I should say. But um, so I had a wonderful group and I had an outstanding point guard, Baron Goodridge, who, thank God, you know, was able to get a D1 scholarship and, he was a kid that, you know, had multiple issues as regards, you know, academics and truancy, et cetera, et cetera. All, all of the things mm -hmm. that you would, you hate to see in, in a child in middle school, but he had all of them. And thank God, you know, he, he had a talent and uh, we were able to use that talent to get him to graduate. And he went on to play at St. Um, at Cardinal Spellman, Cardinal Hayes, I'm sorry. Cardinal Hayes. And, uh -huh. um, and won uh, uh, two city championships with Cardinal Hayes. So anyway, we, we had a great team and, you know, went 10-0 in the regular season. And I was always mindful that now I was on the, uh, you know, on the winning side of the, a lot of these games, obviously. And, um, you know, we, we had, as, as I said to you before, we had prepped our kids and, and our parents. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's always one parent, you know, and <laughs> there's always one parent that just can't, can't understand. And, you know, uh, her son was uh, what I would call my third string guard. And he unfortunately was a, a turnover machine, and uh, which is one of the reasons why he was a third string guard. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a seventh grader, so he was learning, so it was fine. We were in the semifinal of the Bronx. All of my kids, because we, uh, most, most games had large leads at halftime, somewhere in the like 18 to 20 point lead. I had always plenty of time for all of my second and third stringers. So they all got to play a lot of minutes that year because we did have a strong squad. So long story short, the night before the semifinal game, I reached out to all of the parents, all of the kids, and I let them know that the rotation tomorrow was going to, that was the, obviously the day of the game was going to be short. I was going mm -hmm. to have seven or eight, seven or eight kids were going to get to, uh, to play unless right. we had injuries or, or kids got in foul trouble. But and I had a game. Yeah, 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 it's a big game, right? Yeah. And you know what? This this could be an historic thing to get into a final. Forget about winning. I wasn't even thinking about winning. I was just trying to get to a final. So anyway, long story short, the half came and we were up by a couple of points. We went into the locker room, and I saw one of my moms that was you know a little chatty across from me. She's directly across, and she was a little upset throughout the first two quarters that her son hadn't gotten in. This was my third string guard, mm -hmm. and I I you know mentioned it to him at halftime. Did mom get my email? And he said, yes, she got the email. She just she understand the email. Yes, she understood the email. Yeah. I said, okay, I'll just let it go. Maybe she's just being chatty. So third quarter came and we were up by a couple of points, still a close game. And I looked across and mom, the mom that I, had, that I caught my eye earlier in the game, she had left. I figured she had left. She had gone home. She was upset. Her son hadn't played. To my surprise, about 30 seconds later, I turn around and she's directly behind me. Oh. And mom now goes into a barrage of four-letter words and how I am the worst coach ever and how come I can't play. Unfortunately for her, you know, I, I get it. I'm a parent too. I'm a mm -hmm. grandparent. We all want our kids to play. Her, she saw her son play many, many times for long periods of time, but she wanted her son in that moment to be in the game. And I had to obviously make an executive decision as a coach that, you know, we're, we're, we're all here together for the group, not for one individual. And, you know, and she did, she was removed by safety. We had to call a timeout. Uh -huh. And we went on to win the game and win the final, which was the happy news. And 
her son did quit the team, which was sad, but, and mm -hmm. the ironic part of that was the week after we won, when the trophies were handed out, mom showed up uh, looking for a trophy for her son, which I ended up giving to her because it, it wasn't, wasn't for about her. her, it wasn't yeah. about me, it was about the, the, the son. And, and I'm sure that the mom had pressured him to quit, which mm -hmm. was sad for him, but so the toxicity, it exists not just in coaches, Cameron, but it, it, it exists in, 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 with a lot of our parents too, unfortunately. And I, when I, I say a lot, I mean, I mean a small, a small number, not a yeah. lot. 95% of our parents are awesome. They come to the game, they cheer on their, their child or their kids. They appreciate what we're doing. Uh, one thing that I would add was we did add a mercy rule a number of years ago as regards running up the score and um, you know, we had uh, folks in different boroughs that they, they seemed to forget that this is junior high school basketball mm -hmm. and they thought it was the NBA and yeah. they uh, started running up the score. So we had to unfortunately put in a, a mercy rule and uh, thankfully lots of coaches have used that to, uh, you know, advance the game. And, you know, if a team is down by a lot at halftime, they can start the clock running in the third quarter and, and end the misery for the team that's losing, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it tends but, to lead to problems. Yeah, but I'm going to say this. The last year we played, it really tested my coaching skills and my patience because for some reason, when I told my guys to, to simmer back, they turn it all the way off. Right. And then that 18-point lead, you turn it to six. <laughs> and wow. I'm, drawing, I'm drawing on the board, and I'm not supposed to. And they, right, thought, right, right. And, and they thought it was funny. I, I, was, right. I, I was a mess. I'm like, you guys are stressing me out. <laughs> sorry, coach. You know, sorry, you know, but you told us to chill. We chill, you know. I'm like, oh, right. so, so thanks for testing my coaching skills. I appreciate the rule. I know why the rule's in place, but it wasn't in place to test if I'm a good coach or not. <laughs> right, right, right. But my, my rule, Cameron, was always when I'm up by 20, that's when the first string comes out. First right. string comes out. Second string, you got to maintain. Right. If you can keep it uh, above 15, you're going to stay in. Yeah. If you can't, you're coming out. <laughs> well, you, well, you know, you know, it's funny. That rule actually helped me to see what my other players could do. Absolutely. Because towards the end of the season, I had one guy who was out for two games, my best score. But I trusted who was on my bench. Right. You know, it was platoon. Those guys got that experience, knew what it felt like. So then, right. then instead of saying only, I only have seven or eight players, I got nine or ten. Nine or ten, which, That's which when you're trying to win in, in playoff time. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge because kids get in foul trouble. Yeah. You know, kids get sick. They, they mm -hmm. can't come to school that day. And right. you're stuck. Kids. You're missing a two guard or a small forward, you know? Right. So, yeah, no, I hear you. It definitely Kids, it, it, kids can't stop yelling in humanities. That's right. <laughs> the period right. before the right. game starts. Mike, thanks for coming on, sharing some of your wisdom sure. and your stories. Know. like to do a flower uh, segment. Your efforts and your work, 22 years, helping out inner city kids who somebody like me who without basketball I wouldn't be where I'm at right now I know the work you do and it is greatly appreciated and thank I just you. wanted to say thank you thank you thank you and and you really appreciate it um you know I hear it all the time from the coaches and because I know the impact it has in schools mm -hmm. you know if you have two or three teams that's 40 to 60 kids that are hooked in that are have another reason to come to school, you know. Mm -hmm. And then if you have 25, 30 cheerleaders, that's another. You're talking almost 100 kids mm -hmm. now are motivated to come to school every day, not just for the regular reasons. And you know, I know for me as personally that you know sports got me through school. Without it, God only knows where I'd be. But I do appreciate the the uh, you know all that love and, and right back at you because you guys are in the front line. 
Yeah. You're in the tre- you're in the trenches. You're doing the day to day heavy lifting. So I'm 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 on your shoulders. Believe me, I, I I appreciate all of my coaches because without you guys, we don't have a league. So thank you, Cameron, and big shout out to your merger. Uh, I, you know, I, I I wish you guys the best. Of course, you, you're going to be competing probably at, for trophies this year, uh, God willing, and uh, I will. You know, and, yeah. and have winning seasons and and good luck with with everything at your school. Thank you. That's a wrap. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube and other streaming platforms.